so like Landon said, um, I'm speaking on adoption today. If you guys would open up your Bibles and turn to Romans 8, 14 through 17. I'm going to pop up here. Um, like Landon said, this mission conference, they've, uh, they've uh, started talking about uh, forgotten children of Shelby County. And so uh, who the forgotten children are are orphans. And so one of the words that, we, that immediately comes to mind when you think of orphans is adoption. Um, like Landon said, we thought it would be cool to speak on this doctrine um, because we too have been brought into a family that's not our own. Uh, and so I'm really excited to explore that with you guys today. Um, but first, let's pray. Father, uh, just the fact that we get to call you Father when we pray uh, is a blessing. And as, um, as you've blessed me uh, with being able to uh, explore <laughs> this doctrine, this beautiful, beautiful doctrine, um, it makes me all the more want to call out to you as my Father. Uh, I pray that, that any word spoken today would be yours and yours alone. Uh, God, and you would filter out anything that is not. Uh, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be present um, and that your spirit of adoption would would move in, um, in everyone in this room's heart um, so that they can more fully see you uh, for who you truly are as our Father. This is in your name. Amen. All right, guys, let's read starting in uh, verse 14. <clears throat> for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Have you guys ever seen someone in a family who kind of seems out of place? Someone who, like, honestly, in in the back of your head, you're just telling yourself, they've got to be adopted. I used to tell Gage all the time that he was adopted. (laughs) <laughs> but after the last couple months where I've had person after person after person ask me if I was Gage, I don't know if people would believe that he's adopted anymore. Emma is adopted, but uh, that's something we can, uh, we can get to later. <laughs> but um, sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong on whether someone is adopted on a family um, because we like to, you know, we to judge on, on physical characteristics or personality. But... There is one, one circumstance I've seen that kind of illustrate this, illustrates this very well. How many of you guys have seen Elf? That's what I thought. Um, if any of you guys have seen it, you've seen the scene where Buddy finds out that he's adopted. He's listening in on somebody, and, and somebody's like, poor guy doesn't even know that he's not an elf. And so he goes through this big, confusing scene where he's freaking out because he goes back through all these memories of times where he very obviously did not fit in. Uh, one of the memories was him playing basketball and being six foot two and dunking over three foot elves. Another one of them reminds him of when he was in the choir and he brought the whole choir down an entire octave. And so we're we're able to see very easily (laughs) that Buddy is not an elf, but in his own mind, he doesn't see it. It's so obvious that the only way he's in the family is because he's adopted. (laughs) What we don't realize is that 
so are we. We need adoption because we were in the wrong family. The reason we know this is in Scripture. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says, And you were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body. Jesus also said in, in John eight forty four, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And so before, before we were in relationship with our father, we were sons of Satan. <laughs> there's, not really one, there's not really an in-between. You're either a son of God or a son of Satan. Buddy was so obviously not an elf. We were so obviously not children of God. But there's hope for us who God has sought out. This is the doctrine of adoption. Now we have adoption. We have been given adoption, and that's found in John 1, 12 through 13, out of a, out of a multitude of places. John 1, 12 through 13 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Galatians 4, 7 says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. So for those of us who have received God, we have received adoption. So what, is that, what does that really mean? What is the doctrine of adoption? It doesn't just mean that we walk up into the, heaven, the gates of heaven and are like, what up fam? That's not all that that means. Um, what comes with adoption uh, is a beautiful, beautiful amount of blessings. We're going to start in, uh, in verse 14 uh, right here. Uh, and it'll tell us the first thing that we get with adoption. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. It's the Spirit. One of the things that we receive when we are adopted is faith. Adoption brings us faith in the Spirit of God. Spirit of God is almost immediately called the Spirit of adoption in the very next verse. This Spirit is what gives us our faith. Who is the Spirit of God? The Spirit of adoption? You can look back at the very, very beginning of chapter 8. In verse 1, it says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Further on, in verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So why is the spirit so powerful? He's ever-present. He's ever-present peace. The name of the Lord is a fortress, and the righteous run to it. Being adopted means that we have an ever-present fortification against our sin. It is faith that is only possible through the spirit. There's a name by which we call our adopted father that very much represents his ever-presence, his ever-presence in the spirit. 
and his name is Yahweh. The name Yahweh comes from Exodus. Uh, it's in chapter 3, and Moses asks God, whom should I say has sent me? And God responds by saying, I am that I am. This statement does not only mean that God exists, although it does imply that. It more importantly expresses that I am with his presence. I am here. The context of chapter 3, Moses said, Who am I that I should go? To which God responds by saying, Surely I will be with you. He's present with his people. When we are adopted into the family, we can have faith that God is not only existent, he's present in our lives at all times. His son has rid us of the curse of sin, and now the spirit is present within us forever and always, and to him can we run to the name of Yahweh. That brings us to our first point. When we are adopted into the family, we are given faith in Yahweh. If you look down in, uh, in, in verse 15, we'll, uh, we'll get the second thing that we receive in adoption. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The second thing we receive so cool that Molly decided to speak on this. The second thing we receive is confidence. We can now cry out, Dad, help me. Why can we do this? When I was a, when I was a little kid, I had an unnatural fear of the movie Jumanji. Have you guys seen that movie? It is terrifying. Not only that, I was scared of the monkeys. There's this scene in the movie where all these monkeys show up and they start throwing knives at the, at the main characters. Not only that, like halfway through the movie, the son, the brother in the movie, starts to turn into a monkey. So after I'd watched it a couple times, I started having nightmares. And one night I woke up and walked over and my little brother was like, he was like probably two. <laughs> he was sleeping in a crib in my room. And so what I did is I woke up and I'm I'm, I'm dying from this nightmare. And I walk over. My little brother is asleep in this crib. And he had turned into a monkey. And so I take off down the hallway to my parents' room, screaming, Daddy, 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 help me, help me, help me, help me. Gage is a monkey. And so I walk in. I jump in the bed. My dad grabs me. <laughs> and he's like, mm, no, he's not. <laughs> so my dad grabs me by the hand, walks me down the hallway, flips on the light, and no joke, what it ha Gage really did look like a monkey, okay? What happened is he's covered with a blanket on his face, and the blanket had wrapped around him and, like, come up behind him and was, like, shaped like a tail. And so I wasn't crazy. But it's a perfect illustration of what our Father does for us. One of the things that I share with my dad is my last name. We receive the name of our Father, when, we are, when we're born. And so because we have the same last name, we receive one of the promises that Jesus says is in John 14, 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We've taken the name of Jesus, and now we can call out to the Father. God knows us so intimately that because we're his children that now we can come to him and have the confidence that he will sustain us and the confidence that he knows what we need. This is one of the many benefits of the spirit of adoption that we can call out. 
if you flip over one page, um, verse 26 in chapter 8 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Our Father knows what we need. What did my dad do? He walked me down the hallway because he knew that my brother wasn't a monkey. (laughs) He walked me down the hallway and flipped on the light. So many times in our lives, our God does the same thing. We're no longer slaves to that fear. One of the proofs of this confidence comes from the same verse that Molly read a couple minutes ago. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Yet again, guys, there's another name that we call our Father um, that's right here in this passage, uh, and it's the name Abba. When we are adopted, uh, we can call out to God by the name Abba. And if any of you guys know what the, the name Abba means, in Greek, it's almost literally translated as Daddy because it's so personal. When we call, I, I, don't know, I don't know if any of you remember the last time you called your dad daddy, um, because at a certain point, you know, it's, it's not cool to call your dad daddy. Um, but for some of you guys, and some of you still do, um, but how much comfort and confidence can you find in the words, daddy's got you? Romans 8.15 tells us this. It says, have no fear, Daddy's here. To him can we cry out, there's no need to return to the darkness. There's a lot of things that come with a dad, a, a father who knows us intimately. It means that we are, we are pitied. He has compassion. Psalm 103.13 says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. We're protected In Proverbs 14.26, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. We're provided for. Matthew 6.30, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? Or what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after these things? And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And one of the things that we love to forget about that our Father does for us, discipline. Hebrews 12, 6 through 11, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Here's our second point. When we are adopted into the family, we are given confidence in our Abba. If you guys look at uh, verse 16, we'll get our third thing. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. The third thing we're given is hope. You guys have heard of life insurance. Part of what life insurance is for is so that if anything, God forbid, were to happen to one of your parents, there would be 
money from which you could draw from so that you were provided for. The same concept kind of goes for wills and inheritance. It's a peace of mind for your parents so they know that you're taken care of, and it's a peace of mind for you knowing that if anything were to happen, you would be taken care of. Because we're children of God, we too have an inheritance in him. What is an heir? H-E-I-R. An heir, dictionary.com, a person legally entitled to the property or rank of another on that person's death. So what are we heirs to? What is this inheritance? Well, chapter 8 is awesome because yet again, it tells us another part of our adoption. It's in our inheritance. Verse 18, um, right beneath where we've been. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Skipping over to verse 21, it says that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Our inheritance is glory. It's eternity. It's eternity with our Abba who loves us. He's a father who is so much closer to us than any earthly father ever could be. Yes, the last part of the verse says, we will suffer and we must die to self. But upon that death, we are heirs. Heirs to the greatest inheritance that has ever been offered to anyone ever because it cannot be touched, it cannot be taken away, it cannot rust, it cannot break. This brings us to another one of God's names, our Father's names, Adonai. Adonai comes from Exodus 21.6. The word Adon means master. If he does this, his master must present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door or doorpost and publicly pierce his ear with an awl. After that, the slave will serve his master for life. Adonai means master of masters, lord of lords. When we call out to God by Adonai, we are calling him our eternal master. He who, who we can serve and glorify for an eternity. This is another part of the doctrine of adoption, is that before him, we were afraid of, we were mad at, and we were resistant to authority. That was when we were under our flesh. But because we've been adopted and because we've been given that spirit of adoption, God has become our master. And it's only when we've been adopted that we can even desire it. We can desire the hope of an eternity with him as the master of our lives. Romans 8, 38 through 39 shows us where this hope is and what this hope is. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. If anything comforts you, that should. 
because daddy's got you. (laughs) Here's our third point. When we are adopted into the family, we are given hope in our Adonai. Guys, real quick, I've, uh, I've got a video that will hopefully, um, hopefully illustrate to you guys just what, what adoption's all about, since a lot of us may not know what it is like. Guys, we were 
in so much worse of a situation than Eddie. We didn't just have special needs. We had unmeetable needs. We didn't deserve to just be thrown in a trash bag and left at some doorstep. We destroyed, we deserve to be thrown in some trash bag and thrown into a fire and burned for eternity. But we're not. We've been offered a perfect family. We were adopted into a family of innumerable brothers, innumerable sisters, so that we have hope. I can only pray that someone can say about me what they say about Eddie, which is that because of the love that I've been shown and the immeasurable mercy that I've been shown through my adoption is that I can even be a sliver of an ambassador of love. So that when people look at the love that the Holy Spirit has given me, the love that shines through because of my adoption, that they can see Christ's love. This love has been laid upon us. And it's completely undeserved. We've been adopted into a family that wasn't our own. To a father that we didn't deserve. He is our Yahweh. He is our Abba. He is our Adonai. With that, guys, Parker's going to come up. He's going to sing one more song. And uh, hopefully with this in mind... (laughs) You guys can listen to the words because they're really applicable. Um, But let's pray. Father, that is a name which we do not deserve to call you. And yet we can. (laughs) We can come to you with hope. We can come to you with confidence. We can come to you in faith because you chose to reach out to us. You sent your spirit of adoption who has brought us into a family that we never could have brought ourselves into. And it was so evident that we did not belong there, God, and yet you chose to bring us in anyways. Father, we are undeserving, and because of this, we are thankful. God, the amount of love that you show in our lives is beyond compare to anything we've experienced in this life, God. And I only pray that your spirit will fill each and every person with that love. God, I pray that that we can learn to be your ambassadors of love and that we can learn to show Christ through our love. God, we ask this in your name. Amen.